Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast who are proud to be sponsored by the Insurance Practice. The team at the Insurance Practice specialise in family protection and life insurance and who better to look after you and your loved ones than fellow Rangers fans. Listeners of the Gallant Few will get a free protection review so get in touch with the team at www.theinsurancepractice.co.uk or contact the Gallant Few for more information. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host for today. Joining me to look back over Rangers games against Motherwell and St Mirren are Ian McCready. Morning. And Craig McAdam. Hello. Tell you what, boys, this would have been a very, very different show if we recorded on Thursdays. Thankfully, we record on Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons, so uh, it's got to be a bit more positive than where it would have been on a Thursday morning. But we'll start with Rangers 3-1-1 at home to Motherwell in the league on Saturday. So, Craig, on the back of going out to the League Cup or going out of the League Cup on Wednesday night, Everybody was winning this game, um, waiting for the, the right reaction from the manager and the players. And the manager decided to go with McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Hollander, Barisic, Davis, Kamara, Arfield, Kent, Roof, and Defoe. How were you feeling about that lineup before the game? Uh, in terms of starting lineup, I think it was probably the right call. Um, we maybe went a wee bit more open during the week with just Sungu in there. And, um, I can understand why he brought in Davis and Kamara just to try and give us that wee bit of control in the, in the middle of the park, which the way I know we'll go into a bit more about how the, the game panned out yesterday. Um, but I think it was important just to try and get a grip of the game. So that's why he's probably tightened up the midfield a wee bit. Um, as the game went on, it's probably not the, the team that we maybe should have started with. But I think to begin with, we... Can't really have any complaints about the, the team he picked. And Ian, I heard on Clyde one that Gerard hadn't won a game directly after going out of a cup in his time at Rangers. Every every game after going out of a cup, it had either been a, a loss or defeat. But I'll be honest, the first the first two or three minutes, I thought we started really posit- positively. Uh, we had a couple of efforts with the four, and I'm talking about very early on, even for a kick-off, Jermaine Defoe, Defoe gets a shot away. First two or three minutes, I thought, right, this is, uh, this might be a, a Liverpool throw here. What? Yeah, first 
Uh, I'd, so I heard that same stat, and uh, and it was crazy. Th- and they were all home games as well. Yeah. So after I heard that, <laughs> you're like, oh no, is it going to happen again? Particularly after six minutes, you're thinking, here we go again. But yeah, very bright start. The four. The foe's first thought every time he gets the ball is shoot, really, isn't it? It's it. It just doesn't suit playing against that really tightly packed defence, though. I don't think it's just as he's looking for that wee yard of space in behind somebody, and there's just no space at all yesterday. I I think he was right to start him as well because I think Etten had a a poor game. Midweek against I don't think he was holding the ball up as well as we've seen him do, and uh, he wasn't bringing players in as well as he, he as he had. But then he's come on today. He's come on and, and had a, a good impact. So we'll stick with you since you mentioned uh, the six minute mark. Ian uh, Motherwell get a a throw in just outside the Rangers box. Throws it to that. Big weapon Gallagher who does like we allow him to do keepy ups and then the ball goes out to O'Donnell in the right hand side and again I mean I, I'm not really just pissing on about this because I have yesterday I've been saying this for two or three weeks we're slow to get out to the the wide man Barisic he walks out O'Donnell gets a low ball into the box and Tavernier's man taps it in at the back post we're now one 0 down this is such a poor goal we lose yeah, and I, I'm wondering if the, the lack of a a wide midfielder is the reason that we are we are struggling to get out to crosses because defenders will naturally tuck in when there's a man nearer the goal. So Barisic gets drawn in by a man nearer the goal and then you know O'Donnell's got a kind of free corner in the stadium it pick that cross out. But Tav's fell asleep a wee bit and let his man, you know, get round the back of him. Aye. It's, it's something that we do need to address and I don't know if that's maybe, you don't want to change it too much where it hinders us going forward, but even if it is a case of the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, you know, Kent and Roof, they do a bit more tracking back, they try and feel their way into the game until we get a bit more comfortable. But that is something that, and I'm not going to, press alarm bells right now because we've not lost that very many goals but the vast majority of goals that we have lost this season have came from the, the same passage of play out wide and one no quick enough to get to 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 get out to that wide player. So Craig I, in that group chat we are in the five of us we, we got in a time capsule we went all the way back to last season because that's what it was like where Rangers were 1-0 down, there was a we're playing against a team with 22 men in the box and we just pass it along that 18-yard line. This was a very, very tough first half to watch after the goal, wasn't it? Uh, just touching on what you said there about the goal that we conceded and recently we have been conceding a bit more goals, which we can't really complain about because we've done so well not conceding goals for, for ages. Um, we're always, always going to concede goals in football, but it does seem to be Thinking back to like the Liège game at Ibrox, um, up at Tanadice and the goal yesterday as well. It's <coughs> we've rightly been praised from the amount of times that it's been one fullback to the other fullback in an attacking sense. It um, Borna puts the ball in and Tav's got a few goals, but the goals we're conceding now seems to be stopping the not stopping the cross on one side and then it's scored at the the back post on the other side. So it's as the same sort of goals we're conceding now. So that is slightly becoming a bit of a concern that we'll, we'll need to have a look at um, but aye based, once Motherwell are, are 1-0 up and they play a 5-5 fucking 0 that's not even a formation that should that should be illegal that's <laughs> that, that, football stopped like we've seen we've seen plenty of teams come and park the bus and you've, we've seen four six zeros and false nines and all that stuff that you, you get talked about nowadays but a five five zero. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, two strikers are playing at fullback basically with Motherwell, and they're just sitting in, and it's 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 frustrating, um, and it's difficult because you can't be you can't be too critical about the team when you're up against that because it's just a wall of bodies in front of you. So it's just a case of you need to move the ball sharp and hopefully a wee one two, a wee bit of magic or 
somebody doesn't track a runner, that's that's all you can really hope for. Because no matter what you do, if you've got ten players just standing right in front of you in a in a really tight space, it is difficult to to find the gaps. Um, but I it was I was starting to think this is we've seen this game before, which the players deserve a lot of credit for because we managed to overcome it and um, never gave up. And in the end, it's actually turned out to be a comfortable scoreline, which we. Whatever it was, 15 minutes to go and we're still getting beat. None of us would have predicted that. But I think the, the subs made a big impact. Um, Arebo had you. That's the, that's the type of games that you, you need players like that. They do have that wee bit of movement, that wee bit of skill that can unlock a defence. So it's, uh, and it's sort of two ways of looking at it. Did we not play well enough for the majority of the game? Which is probably true. But again, it's it's really difficult when it's just bodies in front of you with there was times as well the ball went into the box the Motherwell players weren't even under pressure and they were still just booting it to fuck up the park like they had absolutely no interest in talk at all uh, trying to play their way out or anything it was just kick the ball as far away from our goal as we possibly can and then hope for the best but that's probably where the we're seeing the difference between this season and last season because if you think last season if Morelos was out we would have had Defoe up front and if it wasn't really working for Defoe, you're probably looking at look, Greg Stewart coming on to, to try and change it. Whereas this season with the two goal scorers, Ruth and Itten, we've added to the squad. Hadji coming on, making an impact. Arebo coming on, making an impact. When they're coming off the bench, it just shows that the, the squad's improved so much from, from last season because last season we probably would have been lucky to draw that game just because we wouldn't have had the the squad to bring the subs on that can make the difference so it's in the end I think we need to be delighted by it because if you're going to win a league that's exactly the sort of games you, you need to win Well said there Craig um, there was a I think you've just pretty much summed up every one of my points for the rest of the same half <laughs> uh, but no they do they deserve credit this team but we'll call out we'll call out um, the kind of worries and that was a massive worry that just for for Close to 40 minutes, we just looked like we reverted back to type and we just lacked imagination. And I know it's hard against a team like Motherwell, where, as far as I'm concerned, Motherwell's the reason we're all in tier four, man. Like, they're all just cuddling together. That's how that's how they're going, I spread, man. But Ian, Craig mentioned a couple of subs. The first one, Arebo on for Kamara at half time. So, first of all, what was your thought on that actual change for the two players? And what's your thoughts on Gerard actually making a sub before the 65th minute mark? Yeah, yeah. So I, I had said on one of the chats that I'd have the, him and Hadji on after 10 minutes. So I was a wee bit surprised. wasn't surprised who he replaced. Uh, I feel that of the you were always going to leave Davis on, so it was only ever going to be Arfield or Kamara. And Arfield's a bit more attacking to start with. So I think Arabo. I don't know, I'd maybe have went Hadji first myself, but a few Hadjis maybe got that wee killer pass a bit more than Arabo. But we know that the thing about Arabo is you can give him the ball with three men round him and in half an inch of space and he's he's gonna somehow manage to wiggle his way out of it. But I I felt that we did have to make a change uh, and quickly and and the half time change was very surprising. I thought he'd wait at least ten minutes. I think we, we will see more of Arabo and Hadji if teams are going to now just sit in and try and frustrate us again. So we'll come on to um, Arabo for the two goals as well, but I thought Hadji had such an impact in the game as well when he came on. And he just looked at what Craig was saying there, Ian, about having something different in the squad. Last year, you were either swapping like for like or you were swapping... Morelos for somebody like Greg Stewart and no, no harm to Greg Stewart but it's no, he's no what we need uh, to take to, to go and win leagues basically but I thought Hadji he just that's what I love about Hadji he wants the ball every time it doesn't matter if he's got four players on him if he's in his own half or if he's outside the box it's, he wants the ball all the time I thought he had a decent game when he came on last night Ian I, absolutely, I definitely him and I think all the subs had an impact yesterday, didn't they? Um, they they all con- contributed uh, to winning the game in the end. So yeah, I think the difference now as well is when you see the subs coming on, they're all international players. It's not Aber- former Aberdeen and Kilmarnock players. It's 
you know, the guys a Swiss international striker were bringing on instead of Greg Stewart and you know Romanian and Nigerian internationals. Uh, that's the difference. Being able to bring international quality players off the bench is a massive step up from last season. So Craig, I think maybe the first five ten minutes of the second half it looked still a bit cagey, but I thought Rangers started to become. They they looked different. They looked as if they were starting to become more confident in themselves, and they were trying different things. What I liked was the difference between the first and second half, and what we were trying. The second half we couldn't get through the middle, so we were just passing along the eighteen yard box. So the first half we couldn't get through the middle. We were passing along the eighteen yard line, and then putting a ball in for their six foot five defenders to clear away. We were with. Aribo and Hadji on, we were trying going through the middle, we were trying going over the top a couple of times, we, and then the goals eventually come for crosses, but we were shaking Motherwell, they had to think in the second half, which was excellent, Davis was unlucky with an offside goal, um, I think he was running in to, in the hope that the keeper would save it, and then he was trying to get the rebound, but obviously it came off, um, came off a Motherwell player and he was miles offside, but the the equalising goal actually came through a ball in for Tavernier. <laughs> it was weird. Um, I I don't know if this is maybe why I like Ryan Kent so much because his aerial ability is probably the same as mine. You know, I've never heard of the ball in my life. <laughs> um, so this ball, he kind of turns away from it and it hits off his hip. But then he's quick enough to react to it and he taps it back to the roof and fires it into the, the, the roof of the net. One each with 17 minutes to go and Talk to me about that goal and were you the same as me? At this point, I thought the Rangers are going to go and win this. Uh, yeah, I, think, I think as the second half was going on, Motherwell were getting deeper and deeper. Um, like just look, look where the positions that Goldson and Hollander were playing. Like that's like a, In a normal game, that's where your midfield's playing. They were like 15 yards into the Motherwell half. They were pushed so high up and it just meant Motherwell getting deeper and deeper. I mean, that happens. Motherwell can only really hope for two things, either... A keeper having the game is life, or Rangers having just a complete nightmare and not being able to get shots away. Because it's easy to maybe hold out and do that for a half or sixty minutes, but to do it for a full ninety minutes, you you need a bit of luck in your side to get away with it. But I can is he's not playing badly. He's just not playing as good as what he was at the start of the season. And even when you're not getting him at his attacking best, he still puts in a brilliant shift. He covers the fullbacks. He's I don't know what is how much distance he covers in a game, but I'd imagine it'll be good stats that he produces as well. And then he's always got that wee that wee moment that he he can just make something happen. Like Ruth's goal, it was just a wee flick of his foot to to pick Ruth out. But it's easy for him to another player might not have done that. Like it, it looks easy the way that Kent's done it, but another player when he's gone up for the ball might then switch off and they turn away and they're not looking for where the ball's landed. So it's He's always worthwhile having in the team, even if he's not at his absolute best, which he has been at the, the start of the season. And then Ruth, that's just quality, isn't it? That's just that goal-scoring ability. The ball falls, because he's actually... The ball's a wee bit behind him, and he's slightly wide of the goal, so it's not as if it's just a tap-in. Um, he's done well to wrap his foot around it and, and smash it in. So I good goal, and thank fuck it came, because I was shitting myself. I know it's all fine and well me saying this now that after the goal went in, that you know I felt Rangers were were going to go and win it. But up until the goal went in, I, you know I was ordering my barriers online. Um, ready to go and win. <laughs> uh, but um, what you said about Kent and Ruth, there, I think that sums up the difference in what we have now. Even when it's not going our way and players aren't having a great game, they still contribute massively. So, for example, Kent, when he's not on fire, he still works very, very hard. There's not been there's not been a game this season where Kent hasn't covered a lot of ground and he's kept his shape and he does a lot off the ball running. And then he's a, he has that in his locker just to the one moment of magic. We know what he get, will get for him, even if he isn't playing, playing his best. The same way Ruth... Roof didn't have a particularly great game, but he's just a he's a flair striker. He's 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 prolific when we give him a chance. So even kind of like about the four, about like the four, even when he's not his best, we know he'll he'll take maybe uh, one out of three chances. 
so Ian, we've had a very unlucky effort uh, no, no long after that. He was inches wide with his header. But Rangers take the take the lead in the was it eighty third minute. And what we were talking about with Arebo, he he needs to get a lot of credit for this goal. He gets the ball kind of out out wide and right and he walks his way into the box and he's just got such quick feet. Um he's he's so clever with it and uh, he he gets to the byline, wins the corner. Then it's an excellent ball in for Tavernier. Kinda goes into the middle of the, the box from the corner and bounces to Itton at the back post with a three yard header, but he's <laughs> three yards or thirty yards, he still has to get in target so as to compose himself. Two one up. That's I was gonna have my nut at this goal, mate. <laughs> I'm sure you as well as well. Absolutely. And I think it's just having that big man striker just in the box now just to do that that's what he's there for isn't it? just be in the six yard box just looking for, for headers like that It's it makes a big difference I think and I think was, uh, Motherwell his f- f- second goal as well was just like a wee three yard tap in wasn't it so that's exactly what we need we need our strikers right in what, our three goals today came from inside the six-yard box, didn't they? Like, that's exactly what we need. Like, strikers who are capable of putting the ball in for three yards out. <laughs> um, because how many times do we have the ball in that situation? I mean, Morelos has probably missed a few this season, taking heavy touches or blasting it as hard as he can rather than a bit of finesse. But, yeah, good. Um, brilliant work by Arable. Um it's like it's like we said, like he's brilliant in wee tight spaces, and it's just really hard to get the ball off of. Like, no matter how much, or no matter how little space he has, uh, he's always able to drag it back or poke it through the legs or something. He's like brilliant. So, Ian, sticking with you, um, I actually very, very enjoyed the next six, seven minutes <laughs> of the game. Uh, probably just as much as I enjoyed any of the goals. I've never been one for complaining when when a, a team like Motherwell will sign run down the clock when they're getting out of the eye box. I've I've never complained with that, so I feel morally like morally I have every right to fucking enjoy when my team become the masters of shit houseery. Started with McGregor going down with <laughs> camp. First time <laughs> Is he is he doing okay? Have we had a have we had an injury update? I'm concerned about McGregor. <laughs> Aye, first time in his life he's ever had cramp, and it just happened to come when Rangers went to one up, and you know there was maybe two or three minutes when we were up in the left hand corner, left hand corner, in Motherwell's end, and it was just Arabo and Itton doing so so well, keeping it in that, and Hadji as well, just constantly kicking the ball off the Motherwell player. Ian, that's game management. We've spoken a lot about game management uh, this year about this team. They are good at it now. They, they're very comfortable with it. Yeah, I think as soon as the Aten goal went in, Zungu was called for as well, wasn't he? Like, right away, as soon as that goal goes in, you know Motherwell are going to open up a wee bit. And, like, so that for me, that was the start of the game management, getting that midfielder on, uh, holding or ball winning midfielder back on the park um, and then I the, the the three or four minutes in that corner like you say just winning throw-ins and corners just kicking it off the Motherwell player that's 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 the lessons we've learned through Benfica I think um, to not go chasing goals although one does come uh, just keep the ball as far away from our goal as possible um, rather than Trying to score. Yeah, and Craig, the goal, the third goal actually comes from uh, when we were when we were taking the piss out of them up in their, uh, their own half. Arable, the, the ball breaks. Arable takes it into the box again, and Ian, there's you got me saying Arable. I always call him Arable, and I've started calling him Arable because I'm listening to you. <laughs> uh, big Joe. Well, Arable rounds with Arable. Right, Big Joe <laughs> takes the ball into the box, and again, he's quick feet. He plays it in the Atten who gets a shot away, 
but it kind of deflects um, deflects off the defender, breaks to Kemal Roof, who fires at the top bin again. And Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like, I'll let you talk about Arable and Ruth, but the one point I want to say about Kmart Ruth is the balls to put in the top bin for the, the like, for five, six yards out. How many how many strikers do just try and get that on target? He put it with such such power into the top bin, and that just sums up how you know he's a different class of striker. Aye, um, are we going with Eton or Eton since we're on pronunciation? Dead, <laughs> dead. Aye, big Sadie bear. So, Seds. Jeremy's calling him. Sadie was it? Sadie. <laughs> aye, but we done well there because I think. Was it four minutes added on and probably three and a half minutes of that? It was Aribo, Hadji, Itten just keeping the ball in that corner, getting the throw-ins, getting winning the ball back, just killing time, which we don't need to be proud. We don't need to think, oh, it's Motherwell at home, we need to keep attacking and, and open up and go for it. We we just need to win games of football. So if that means pissing away four minutes of time, that's that's absolutely fine with me. Um, but then once that breaks on, then that's when you... You see the opportunity to go and hurt them. Um, and we've seen up, the, up at Ross County, Itton was doing similar, had the ball in the corner and closed it down and got in the box. So it, it's just been clever to see the time out of the game management. But if the opportunity's there, then I go for a goal. So uh, they've done really well. And again, Ruth's just, he's a classy finisher. There's no doubt about it. He's going to score loads of goals. Um, he, probably got off to a bit of a slow start because he had a few injuries. Otherwise, he'd been a lot more goals. It's good as well having him in the, on the right because he can he becomes another centre-forward, basically, because he's got no interest in sticking out wide or, or that sort of thing. He'll get into the box and try and score you goals, which you, you need goals in your team if you're going to win games and ultimately win leagues. So, delighted to see that one go in and it actually, in the end, makes it a pretty comfortable scoreline, which definitely doesn't tell the story of the game. No, at half time there was absolutely no no chance I thought this game was going to end up three one. But there you go. So we're going to talk about how this leaves us in the league and the games coming up because we've got quite a big two or three weeks coming up. But boys, I'm sorry, we're going to have to mention it. Uh Wednesday night. We're going to have to talk about it a wee bit. We'll not spend too much time on it because it's it's good to be in a good mood again. But Wednesday night, Ian, I'll start with you. Um, we won't go through goal by goal, but I, I thought I thought Rangers started very well in the first half here, and you know, goals. Your man Golson, kid, Nani was Ibrahimovic there taking the pass, players running in the box, and a strikers finish. But we we let Simran into this game uh, with that with that penalty, and I think we we just we didn't get a grip of the game. After that, do you think this was just an absolute mind fart, or it was just why are you putting this down there? <laughs> well, chewing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Twenty-seven games we had gone unbeaten. I mean, well, due a defeat, I suppose. Uh, I'm putting it down to a bit of like the intensity wasn't there, like like it has been. We were sloppy. I mean, giving the ball away a lot. And I don't want to throw him under the bus, but Calvin Bassey's had a bit of a nightmare. Definitely his worst game for us so far, but hopefully he learns for this and and he comes back stronger. We've seen that happen before. When, like Katic got dropped out of the team. He came back much better. Uh, so hopefully what happens now with Bassey, the same thing, when they go away and really work with him more on a kind of defensive um, aspect of his game. And we, and we see him... We see him come back a better defender. He wasn't on the pitch for the last goal, so you can't, like, you can't really blame him. But I think Balogun going off as well at the end had a big 
a big impact because having that extra centre half in the box would have been a big help at that corner, wouldn't it? It would have been nigh and oh, it is a tough one. You, I, I agree with you. I don't want to, I don't want to criticise Bassey too much, but I don't want to give him a bye because I see Bassey as a first team player. Ah, he's young, and we need to remember that. But like we've praised him that if if Borna Barisic was out injured or dropped for whatever reason, none of us would have any qualms with Bassey coming in any games, and none of us had any issue with Bassey starting before the game. So it's not about just kicking him when he's down, it's about taking him like a first a first team player. And he yeah, is expected, like I'm still a massive fan of him, and I'm a massive fan of him in that bucket hat. Um, that's that's why I'm going to spend my Christmas money on getting myself a crystal bucket hat. Just wish I was able to grow, grow the dreadlocks as well. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> the <laughs> so I went on a tangent there. But no, we, we need to, like, he will be treated like a first team player. And I, I think he will bounce back to it. It's not going to be a case that we'll never see him again, like uh, Umar Sadiq, because I think he's earned that to us with Gerard now that he will get his, he, he will get his, his chance again. Craig, we, we didn't create too much either at the other end. So I, we were, you know, sloppy at the back and I even think some of our passing out for defence was terrible, but there wasn't too much creativity. We praised uh, Big Said for his goal against Motherwell and he's he's done all right when he's came on the last few times. I didn't think he had a great game. I thought we missed Morelos massively on Wednesday. We've been making lots of changes um, recently, like every game we're making four, five, six different changes, which we can't really criticise because it's it's worked. We've gave everyone game time, um, we've not had too many injuries and we've been winning games of football, so we can't really criticise that. I just felt Wednesday night was maybe a few changes too far um, <coughs> and we just kind of lost that flow, which to be fair, we started fine, as we said, we got the goal, we were doing okay. Um, it was just after that we kind of slacked off and bats, touching on Bassey, I don't know if he'd been told to play a bit more defensively because normally we'd have Barisic bombing bomb down the wing and even the games that Bassey's, have play, Bassey's played he's been attack minded but I can't think of him actually going forward once St Mern, to be fair to them deserve a wee bit of credit because they did actually play quite well and they didn't set up with a 5-5-0 at Motherwell they, they were giving it a go and they were try to play a bit of football they know ultimately we'll have most of the ball so they do need to set up tight but when they got the ball back they were trying to have an impact in the game rather than just booting it away so I, Bassey as I say I don't know if he was just having an off game or if he wasn't if something was wrong with him or if he'd been told to sit a bit deeper but it just kind of disrupted our flow because they were doubling up in Tav as well so most of our good stuff comes from our fullbacks bombing forward so I don't know if it was a combination of St Mirren doubling up in Tav and stopping him and then Bassey not having a good game or, or going forward much it, it just disrupted us I think we've got a run of league games coming up now so hopefully we can get the team a wee bit more settled and rather than making four or five changes we're only making maybe one or two changes every game unless there's, there's injuries or that sort of thing and using the five subs a bit more but I I don't know what was, what was wrong on Wednesday it just because we started off fine we were doing absolutely brilliant um, and then it just all went tits up really so the only thing we can blame it on is Castor's retro kit That's, I don't see any other issue did you see I think it was it Zungu uh, reshared the Rangers Instagram post and uh, somebody, somebody commented underneath it just like oh Bad memories that topped at Jenkins and was just like we need to move on, and then that kind of um, stern smiley face they kind of like annoyed <laughs> at you. So <laughs> Zungo doesn't take any shape. But no, to be fair, it's a it's a nice kit. It's just a shame we can never wear it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one for the archives. But ugh, there's no getting away from it. That was that was our biggest chance at like out with the the League Cup final. That was our biggest chance at winning a major trophy in like nine years. So we were, I don't know, we were right to question, like, is this a mentality thing with this team? And the the big the big question for me was how they react on Saturday. Reacting, how they reacted against Motherwell on Saturday was got to be everything they need to know 
everything we need to know about this team, whether it was a one-off or whether we have just brought a capitulate again. Me personally, I think after seeing us, I, I'm, I'm quite annoyed at how, how shaky we started and how, I don't know, how kind of devoid of ideas we looked in the first half when we went 1-0 down, but they grew a set of balls and they, they dug in and they tied different things in. So I'm I'm delighted how they bounce back and um you know, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm not putting that Wednesday night down there mentality thing. I think Craig's right, it was just one of these nights where we have we're having an off night. What do you think? Yeah. as I say, I think it's a bit down to our due one as well. Like when you can't just go like we've not we're not that good that we can just go through seasons unbeaten. Um so yeah, the the mother will after hearing the stat about the cup game as well, not having won one after we've gone out or lost the final, to to go behind and and have the men- mental strength to come back and, and go on and win that game against a team who just weren't prepared to play football at all, says to me that there's definitely been a, me- been a, a mental shift that we've been able to bounce back from straight, bounce straight back from a defeat. Plus that during the game where we've done that. We've had to come from behind against, as I said, a team who just weren't interested in playing at all. So this leaves us 16 points ahead of Celtic, having played three games more than we know. Celtic are in the cup final later on today. Time of recording, it's midday and Sunday, but that, that game, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter what way it goes. You know, I'd always like to see Celtic not win a cup, but in terms of how this affects Ranger season, it's all down to what we do. So we've got we've got midweek weekend for the next couple of weeks. And Craig, I think you're right. I think I'd like to see a fairly settled team for these next four games and get them to go and empty. And then once we've got, I think it's maybe the second week of January, we've got a midweek break and then we can maybe start to rotate a bit more. But 16 points is 16 points. Ian, that's, uh, I know they've got games in hand, but yeah, like points in the board are better. Oh, definitely. I think the second week in January they say it's a break. Is that not a Scottish Cup? Is that a Scottish Cup? It generally is, isn't it? After Christmas. I don't know if that's still the case this season, but I I mean there's a I'm sure that's the weekend, but we've got we've got a few midweek oh, breaks. All right. No worries. Uh, I sixteen points points on the board. You're never gonna uh you're never gonna not want the points on the board, are you? Like there's a chance, like, if we both win all our games, it's nine, 19 points, isn't it? At one point, because yeah. they play after us. They say that doesn't affect them. It must affect you being 19 points behind us halfway through a season. I mean, it, it definitely has to have an effect on your mentality. Yeah, if you said to me at the start of the season, you, at one point you might be 19 points ahead of Celtic, I'd say, you're going to be committed, mate. Um yeah. Uh, because you just did not see this coming. I did not expect us to be anywhere near as far in front as we are. And Craig, I think, uh, I don't want to dare think about me and jinx it, but I think if I was to give you a, a map of how this season went, uh, a perfect a perfect scenario where we win the league, I always had in my head that Rangers would need to build up a, a lead of points early on because... I, I wouldn't fancy us in a in a neck and neck race like two thousand three or two thousand five, for example, where it goes to the last couple of games, because I think your muscle memory would always kick in for the team who's won the league more often that time. So I'm glad we've got this league and it's all this league and it's all about maintaining it now. So looking about looking ahead to the next game, how how would you be setting up for St Johnston away on Wednesday night, Craig? Um, I, as I touched on there, I hope we. Sort of settle down a wee bit. Um, don't make too many changes. It's, as I say, the four, four or five changes a game. It, it's worked for us up to this point, but now it's that's been swapping between the league, um, Europa League, and then cup games. So now we've just got to run a, a cup game uh, of league games, and we just need to make sure we win. That's all that matters. I don't care if it's games like yesterday, if we're beating teams five 0 if it's last minute winners. I'd, do not care. We just need one games of football. Um, I think the only two changes I would make is, and I, I mentioned to Kent how even when he's not his best, he's still effective. But I would still I would take him out for Wednesday night. I think and give Hadji a shot. I think Hadji's done well the last couple of appearances he's got. Kent, as I say, he's always 
involved in the game. He's never a passenger. And you, Gerard might be tempted just to keep playing him and hopefully plays him himself back into form. But the other way of looking at it is if he is struggling a wee bit, he might actually get things his form might get worse because he's trying too hard to make things happen. But so I think I think Hadji deserves a shot from him and he can still get Kent on for the last half hour or whatever. He can still have an impact in the game. Uh, and I'd bring a Rebo in as well. Who you bring him in for is probably up for debate. You could put Ruth in for the four up front and then play a Rebo on the right or you can maybe look at taking Kamara or well, any of the midfielders actually. Kamara, Davis, Arfield taking one of them out and putting a Rebo in. So there's Definitely options for who, who you swap him for, but that, that would be my two changes would be Hadji in for Kent and then a Rebo in for, as I say, it's maybe four players he could come in for. So I would I would like to see him playing anyway on Wednesday night. The question I have for Wednesday night is about Alfredo Morelos. So last last week we called it, well, sorry, I called it, you know, I'm claiming to be in the know now. That's, I said that, you know, I, I thought it should have been a red and I think I'll be going to... I think he'll get cited for it. Lo and behold, a couple of days later, he got uh, a two-game ban retrospectively. So that covered him for the St Mirren and Motherwell game. So he's available for selection for St Johnston. Do you start him or do you have him involved in any way? I think at halftime in the Motherwell game, it was a definite, wasn't he? Um, he was straight back in. I'm not so sure. I don't know. I probably would if I probably... For me, I mean, I think we missed his link and hold up play, uh, definitely against St Mirren, because uh, it just wasn't coming off for Eten that night. And uh, although Eten's came on and had an impact, and do you put him back in? Or, uh, I think a lot of it might depend on how the coaching staff think St Johnson will set up. Will St Johnson set up like Motherwell? I doubt it. Not many managers who have a any kind of sense are going to set up that way because it's just stupid to to not have an out ball at least you just five four one or four five one and at least have an out ball for me I probably would play him because you'd fully expect him to play against Hibs so you probably want to get him minutes again so for me yes it's a tough one because I want him in the team but at the same time I want him to stop being a fucking idiot so <laughs> how, how does he learn? I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> um, that's he's, this has been the enigma with Alfredo Morelos uh, for the last two or three years. He's he's just so important to how Rangers play, and he's on his even though he's not been as headline grabbing. He's he's still for me the best striker in in Scotland. Maybe Kamal Roof is maybe going to give him a a wee nudge for that, but. Aye, Morelos is just... Aye, yeah, I'm just so annoyed him. I'm so annoyed him. But no, time will tell if he does start. But if, I, he really has to... He really has to get a grip. He's, he has cut out a lot of the stupidity, but that was just... It was unnecessary last week. So I just hope that whatever... If Gerard's had a... Had a talk with him, learned a bit of Spanish, swear words or whatever, told him he up his game... Uh, we need him. We need him available uh, going forward if if we are aiming to maintain this this level. So we'll move away from the football. Uh, a couple of other pieces of news came out from last week. We all touched on the draw. Um, who we were predicting, who we were wanting to avoid. I think most of us agreed that we wanted to avoid Real Sociedad. I didn't want a dodgy tip to like Greece for Olympiacos or anything. Craig, we ended up with Royal Antwerp. What's your thoughts on this one, mate? Uh, based on a quick Google search of two minutes to build my knowledge of them, I, I would say they're probably similar standard to standard Liège. Um, I thought you were going to say they're Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're from Belgium. Pass over to you now. <laughs> no, but, um, I think then I've not actually looked if they were playing this weekend, but last week I'm sure they were joint um, on points with Standard Liège, and they were was it sixth or seventh in the league or something like that uh, when they played each other. I'm sure they drew one each, so it's not. I think it's a pretty good draw for us travel wise. It's pretty good as well, so it's as good as we could hope for. Um, just need to see what happens because it definitely won't be an, an easy game. But uh, I don't think it's anything that we should be afraid of and we should be granted confident and expecting to get into the next round. 
No, I think that sums up the majority of teams we could have got there. You don't get any easy draws at this level, but at the same time, Rangers are more than more than proven their worth to be in this stage of the Europa League. So I'm still maintaining, like the same as you, if Rangers turn up and play their best, then we should be confident we can go and get the result. The AGM was midweek last week as well, and uh, we're not going to we're not going to patronise the listeners and say that we know what the fuck's going on. We've seen the headlines like everybody else. Um, it's for <laughs> none of us are that intelligent. But one thing that did come out was that they were looking at potential expansion plans. A couple of the kind of rumoured ones, Ian, where it both of them. Both of them looked as if they were going to get ready the big screens at Ibrox. And there was one where it was kind of partially infilled. Uh, it was kind of like two wee separate sections. And another one looked as if it was going to be like a tier all the way around for the Brimlin and Copeland rear, right into the Sandy Jardin stand. Also, that would get you more seats. Uh, how, how are you feeling about expand like any sort of expansion in Ibrox for me I think I'd love the more more fans you can get in there the better I'm not after the, the big tellies um, I'd love to see more fans but how, how are you feeling about it yeah I, I, th- I think the more fans we could get in the better the two drawings that you're talking about the the one where they, they had made it like one continual stand from the Copeland to the Broomlin that definitely looked a lot better and it looked like it would probably give you a higher capacity as well and you could always stick the, the screens up on the the Broomland and the Copeland, couldn't you? I mean, is they the, the other lot have got theirs up in the stands, don't they? Up on the, the roof. So we could always put them up there if, if we want to keep them. But do you know what? They, we don't really use them for, like, it's just for... Shown as that daft loving cup thing. That's the only thing I can really think. <laughs> um, if there was no screens, I wouldn't be disappointed. Good, and hopefully, hopefully, we get more detail in in that uh, pretty soon. But I'm loving, I'm loving just how much onus has gone in to the redevelopment of Ibrox and the surrounding areas and stuff. And it's so long overdue, I think, and it's good to should that it's in the forefront of the board's mind as well. Just quickly before we finish up, just uh, seeing it's been announced that the only place to watch Rangers game on Wednesday night is St Johnston TV, and for the privilege you can pay seventeen pound fifty. That's a joke to pay for a single game of football. That's um, and I'm going to send all your happy because I'm probably going to pay it. Get a dodgy link, but no, it's that's that's just bending football fans over the barrel, isn't it? I think, see, like in this day and age, like every game of football you should be able to see. Like, it's, it's a joke that whoever Sky or BT decide what games of football people are allowed to watch. It's, I, I understand it's if every game is on telly, then maybe the clubs that rely more on on uh, ticket sales rather than TV income might struggle because if, for example, if there's two smaller teams in Scotland playing and there's a big English game in the telly, then maybe people will just think we'll stay in and watch that rather than going to the games. So they, but people are wanting to support their teams and they want to watch football. See, when you think of all the like Netflix and all that sort of stuff nowadays, I don't understand why there's not like a football network that you can go on and just watch. You pay one subscription to that and you can go on and, and see every game that you, you want to see. It's when you think things are on demand and, and all that sort of stuff nowadays. So it's, I think it's something that needs to be looked at. You can understand, as I say, it's to keep people going to football matches and buying tickets rather than just sitting in the house for the easier option. But it's in the modern era, like you should be able to watch whatever game you want to, you want to watch. I think you'll need to edit that bit out so he's not giving away that plan. And we need a business model for that football network. <laughs> <laughs> get get a wee patent for that, and then we buy. And then we buy Rangers and. Win the league every season for the foreseeable future. <laughs> the gallant few worldwide. This is the start of an empire. <laughs> so, the last thing we're going to look at is Twitter pattern of the week. Your chance to tell the listeners what's the funniest thing you've seen Rangers or football related in telly or in social media. I'll kick it off, boys. 
I seen the so when Rangers went out on Wednesday night to St Mirren, some have span tweeted, ha 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 ha, Scotland's biggest club, just go put the cup or whatever, something like that. And a lot of a lot of folk had the same idea and collecting his profile and collecting his profile picture and is the two speckiest, scrawniest wee guys you've ever seen who looked like See if the proclaimers had AIDS and they were really ill. That's what the boys looked like. <laughs> and so it's just um, it's the the one I seen was from Greg Bruce on Twitter. Uh, he retweeted that ah, there's a proclaimers making a comeback tour. But every tweet underneath that is just a proclaimers related joke. It's a very good thread. Go and have a look. <laughs> Craig, do you have anything for us? Uh, I think I'm cheating a wee bit because this might have been the end of last week. I don't think it was from this week. Um, Obviously, James Bisgrove's announcing new commercial deals every day of the week. Um, but he announced a new one with Lucasade. <laughs> and a, a friend over in South Africa, Kotso Mashikwa, had a good comment for it. <laughs> so Rangers announced a new, new partnership with the, the energy drink Lucasade. And his comment was, Itten can have Zongu's bottle. Zongu doesn't need energy drinks. That boy used to climb trees with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's tremendous, man. <laughs> if we get this gallon for you, Empire, going, the, the first the first point of call is South Africa, because the part of coming out of there is... <laughs> we could actually have a, a spin-off show just of South African comments, yeah. I think. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the J-Berg few. So that brings us to a close for this week. We'll be back next week to look at Rangers games against St Johnston and Hibs. And hopefully, hopefully it's six points out of six points. But all that's left to do is thank Craig McAdam. Cheers, boys. And Ian McCready. Thanks for having us. And thank you to all the listeners who's not only just listened to this show, but since we started the last few months. And just to wish you a very Merry Christmas when it comes. Hope you, all your friends and family, stay safe and have a wonderful time. Take care.